the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for the second hour of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show here on News Talk 710-KNUS. It is so great to be with you this morning. My thanks again to Rabbi Jonathan Hausman for joining us in the last hour to talk about Hanukkah. And it was, as a couple of listeners texted in, it was very informative, particularly for those of us who were not Jewish. And I always love when the rabbi and I can talk some blues and have a real great time with that musical side of things, which is what we're going to pick up in part with this segment as we kick off the second hour of the program and to lead into our first guest of the hour. By the way, Santa Claus coming on at the bottom of the hour. That will be a blast. I want to play a little tune here. It's called Man, It's Christmas by the electric rev himself, the Reverend Jimmy Bratcher. Snow is flat, man, it's cold. It's in the air everywhere I go. It's a crazy time of the year. Man, it's Christmas. Family's coming from out of town. Mama's cooking, so look out now. It's the best time of the year. Man, it's Christmas. I think a little harmonica might go all right with this. Presents, mangers, mistletoe. Stocking trees and lights that glow. Turkey dressing and all that stuff. I know for sure I'm going to eat too much. Married Jesus and three wise men. Joseph Angels of Bethlehem. Come on, let's celebrate. Man, it's Christmas. Beautiful, beautiful guitar work. Merry Christmas, one and all, as we welcome from Kansas City, Missouri, somebody I first discovered back when I was in high school, looking around for some Christian blues. He's known as the Electric Rev. He's in the ministry. He's the Reverend Jimmy Bratcher. Good morning, Reverend Jimmy, and Merry Christmas to you. Hanging out in Denver. How's that? I love it, except there's one problem. You spell your name with an I-E. I don't know where you got that idea from, Jimmy. Yeah, I'm actually, that's actually my name. It's on my birth certificate that way. So, so you're, not, not a, you're not one of those Jim. rare Jimmy's, not James. Right. Yeah, my daddy's name was James, but he didn't want to name me James, so he named me Jimmy. It's funny. I am a junior. I am James, though, nicknamed Jimmy. So it is funny how that is. So Merry Christmas. How are you? Man, I'm good. I'm just uh, sitting here. Some of my kids are coming over a little bit for breakfast. And uh, we just wrapped up about 20 days between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And uh, I'm ready for a nap. 
I can believe it. Man, it's Christmas, and that's where you eat all the food, you enjoy some family time, you praise Christ, and you celebrate, and then you take a nice nap after it all. So I want to, before we get to the message of Christmas and some of those important takeaways at this holiday season, uh, when we talk about Christmas, it is, of course, Jesus, who's the reason for the season. But I want to go into a little bit of your blues background. I mean, you're somebody who I think you had a gap of time where you weren't in music, and then you came back into music in the early 2000s. But before that, I'm I'm always curious who a musician's influences are? Who influenced you to get into the blues and get into guitar playing? Well, my dad was my biggest influence, but he was a country guy. My dad has, my dad had 11 brothers and sisters, and so they all played something, but it was mainly country. But one weekend when I was about 12, he brought home an electric guitar and amplifier. Summertime, I didn't leave the house, and he's like, Eureka! I found something to keep this kid out of trouble. He was wrong, but, you know, at least he did that. So he wanted to get me a guitar and amplifier, and he had, uh, we had an extra car. We had, and this car would be worth a pile of money now, but we had a 1958 DeSoto two-door Hemi sitting in a driveway. And he ran an ad in the Kansas City Star newspaper and said, we'll trade a car for electric guitar and amplifier. We got one call. I still have both. In fact, I've recorded with that that little Gibson SG Junior frequently. It's one of my favorite guitars. So that got me started. But the blues thing, um, it didn't really hit me. I went to a pop festival in Evansville, Indiana, which was an absolute disaster. Uh, They didn't have facilities. They didn't have food. They weren't prepared. It was terrible. But all of a sudden, an announcer comes on and says, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Albert King. And he just knocked me out. Beautiful. I mean, that was the end. that was the end of all of that. And then I had some friends that were older than me that started turning me on to Browning McGee and Sonny Terry, Mississippi John Hurt, and all those guys, Canned Heat, you know, Savoy Brown, all that stuff. But then when I came to um to faith in 76, one of the things that my pastor told me was I had to quit playing that devil music. And so I was 22 years old. We had a son, would soon have another child, a daughter. And uh, I felt like it was more important at that time that I learned how to be a man and raise my kids, learn how to work and do those things. Of course, he was wrong. There's only two types of music, and that's good and bad. Um, Amen. And so... So anyway, so I, I laid it down in 2000. I was, um, my wife and I were on staff as associate pastors in a large church in St. Joseph, Missouri. And uh, we decided it was time for us to do something else. And then all of a sudden, uh, my music started to reappear. I was invited by a guy who you might know uh, named Larry Howard. And Larry was one of the fathers of gospel blues, contemporary Christian blues, or whatever you want to call it. And he invited me to come to Macon, Georgia, where he lived. Larry was part of the band Grinder Switch, which was a Southern rock staple. They opened for the Almond Brothers and Charlie Daniels and were on the road with them. And so I went to Macon in April of 2001, walked out of there with the finished album and released it July 4th. And, uh, and that was the beginning. 
Something about music is so important whenever I think about it, and and that is, and, and especially when you come from a ministry perspective, I would think you might relate to this, and as a performer, it's food for the soul. It really, it's something where you have a real ethereal connection, a powerful connection to the music, and if you're a musician, to your audience and your listener and what have you, but there's something satisfying that gets deep down right into your soul, and especially with the blues, I think I've heard Albert King, since you mentioned him, say, may he rest in peace. Uh, if, you, if you don't feel the blues, you got a hole in your soul. Right. What do you think about that, yeah. food for the soul? Well, in order for any music to connect to people, it has to come from that place. Um, you know, I know there are a lot of songwriter factories and some of the major music cities and you know, people, that's all they do eight hours a day is write songs. And I'm not against that. I mean, I think that that has its place. And every now and then they'll they'll produce a song that is phenomenal. But as, an, as a singer-songwriter, I have to look at what's connected to me personally and what I can present to my audience in a way from my heart that impacts their life and their experience. We're talking with Reverend Jimmy Bratcher, blues guitar player extraordinaire. And when it comes to the blues, what is it about? I asked this to the rabbi that we interviewed in the first hour. Uh, he's not a musician, but he's a real blues aficionado. And I want to ask you, what is it about the blues in particular that really speaks to you, spoke to you back decades ago and continues to speak to you today? And especially as a way of, of reflecting your faith through your Christian blues songs. Well, the blues as an art form is simply complex. So it sounds very simple, but in order to do it correctly, it's very complex. And so that's appealing because in order to get it right, if you get it right, people are going to be moved by it, whether you have a lyric or whether you don't. And you should know that from your Junior Wells experience. Um, so, you know, that particular thing and from a ministry standpoint, I mean, if you look and you know, if you go back and read the original songbook, which is the Psalms, you find all kinds of pain and heartache and all of those things and joy and laughter and kindness and all that stuff expressed through those original songs that that David penned, you know, however long ago it was, 4,000 plus years ago. And so... You know, it's natural to me, but it should be that way in any art form that you, you choose to express. I mean, the main job as a songwriter, as a as a preacher, is that I have to communicate from my heart, from my soul, that which moves me. There's an old preacher cliche, and it says this, if it don't burn in you, it won't burn in them. I love it. At what a way to frame it all. And it's so, I think there's such a great aspect to this when you have music brought in with faith. But of course, isn't that what happens in churches? I mean, I'm Catholic and we have hymns and, and they're so beautiful. There's a different style of music than when you get in evangelical churches and so forth. But music is always a piece of the, the Christian worship experience, it seems to me, that, that helps add an extra element, Reverend Jimmy Bratcher, to that soul uh, that the real speaking to the soul of God and in that experience when you are in church or you're with others of faith. 
Right. Exactly. I mean, it's that way in life. I mean, we can take it outside of the religious community, outside of the faith community. But in life, there are certain things that speak to us at certain times that yes. connect to us at a deep level. And, uh, you know, my job as a songwriter is to try to find those things and then communicate them in a, in a few words, uh, you know, not, in a, not necessarily in a sermon, but in a song. And I started writing uh, back in 2006 when I released my Red album. Um, I started writing in a parable format. And so some of my stuff, some of it is like, okay, this is just a fake song, but some of it are just principles um, and concepts and uh, examples of what happens in life. And Jesus did that. I mean, he spoke in parables. And so Mm. I figure if it was okay for him, it's okay for me. Let's shift into Christmas and to help set the tone for the Christmas spirit. Here's a little taste, Reverend Jimmy Bratcher doing one of those very classic spiritual Christmas tunes. Reverend Jimmy Bratcher, when you were taking a classic Christmas tune or a spiritual Christmas tune and you're bluesifying it, what's that process like? And this is from Man, It's Christmas Again, by the way. Well, that process is with that particular song, a lot of Christmas songs are slow and sad or melancholy. Let's put it that way. Not necessarily sad, but they're melancholy in their emotions. And that, the lyrics of that song are like, man, this is a big deal. You know, I mean, this is the, the, the epic event that's happening on planet Earth ever in history. And so it needs energy. It needs to pump. It needs to rock. It needs to express those emotions. The epic event. I love it. And it's so true. So along those lines, then, Reverend Jimmy Bratcher, it is Christmas Eve, and we celebrate the birth of Christ this weekend when you look at the Christmas message and the, the true mean, we always uh, hear of the true meaning of Christmas versus sort of the commercialized, universalized component. What is that message to you, especially at this moment when we see so much division, so much angst, and so much suffering in our own country and across the globe? It always comes back to the original message: God is the God who comes for us, and He came in Christ. And he came with a specific message and purpose. That message was the message of the kingdom, but he came to forgive us. And so the Christmas, the birth of Jesus, I like 
it it's a lot of times very stressful, very full of conflict. And the reason is, is because we have to be with our families and families are complicated, but more powerful than the complexities of our families or the uh, the pain that we cause each other is this power of forgiveness that Jesus came to bring us. And so I encourage, you know, I've been doing this for the last month everywhere all over the United States. And uh, in the dates that we go to, it's like, look, your family's coming over. It's stressing you out because there's always one weirdo in the family. It's probably you and you're just in denial. But you have an opportunity right here, right now to extend forgiveness, receive forgiveness, or ask for forgiveness. And what better way to celebrate the holidays than to to, to reconcile our relationships and really see the extent of why Christmas was necessary and why we celebrated than between us reconciling with each other. I think it will make God happy. I think that's such a, a powerful message, especially, as I said, at this time, Reverend Bratcher. And when we look at that idea of forgiveness and trying to reconcile with family members, one thing that can be very challenging for all of us at times or maybe often is humility. It takes humility to do something like that, to say, you know what? I'm going to set aside our differences or I'm going to ask for your forgiveness and acknowledge that I did something wrong. And how do you how do you pull that humility out during a time where you may be sitting down with somebody in your family and you may feel guilt or you may feel resistance to accepting forgiveness or giving forgiveness? What have you? How do you bring that humility out? On this earth, I found nothing more important or powerful than family. And uh, therefore, we're dealing with something that is very sensitive, yet very powerful. Uh, Jesus had a verse that he taught his disciples in John 20, 23, that says this, Whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Now, my first question about that verse is, where are they retained? And the answer to that is they're retained in our hearts. And therefore, every experience that we have in life because this thing this offense this sin of you know that somebody has executed on us is in our heart and we won't let it go to forgive in that word that verse it means to cut loose and to send away and the the issue here is it doesn't matter if they agree with me or receive forgiveness the issue is am i going to get this out of my heart so that i can live life free of the offense that happened and so I try to encourage people. I mean, I've done, I've seen that. I wrecked my marriage once with my wife. We wrote a book about it called Granny Paid for Our Divorce, which is a true story in our life. I had to ask her to forgive me. I uh, had a child, a daughter that showed up in 2011 for the first time, and I had to ask her to forgive me. And it wasn't about what their response would be. It's about what my response would be to the situation presenting itself to me and having the opportunity to do what was right. And so in both of those instances, fortunately, they turned out beautiful. Uh, but either way, I had to humble myself and ask for forgiveness. And that's really what the message of Christmas is all about. 
Wonderful. And I want to ask you before we let you go, and I so appreciate your time, Reverend Jimmy Bratcher. Uh, what's a final word for our audience as this Christmas weekend begins? Enjoy life. Two words. And there's such clarity in those two words. The Electric Rev, Jimmy Bratcher. Jimmy with an I-E, JimmyBratcher.com. Check him out. I would If you ever come out to Denver, you got to hit me up. Would love to, to come see you uh, and, and have a good time there. But I so appreciate it. I'm looking forward to your 13th album that you're working on. And when that comes out, please reach out and we'll... We'll be more than happy to plug it here. I'm so grateful for your time. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you, Jimmy. Merry Christmas to y'all and everybody in Denver. Much love. Absolutely. Amen. Merry Christmas once again. Reverend Jimmy Bratcher, the Electric Rev, joining us here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. We are going to go out to another Bratcher tune, a little bit of his bluesified rendition of Silent Night. Gotta love it. Keep it right here. Santa's up next on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710 KNUS.
Here is the original recording of a tune we played out last hour by Johnny Lang. This one original, the king himself, Elvis Presley. And not only is Santa Claus back in town, but Santa Claus is back on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Is that you, Santa Claus? Gifts I'm preparing for some Christmas sharing, but I pause because... Hang in my stocking, I can hear the knocking. Is that you, Santa Claus? Sure is dark out, ain't the slightest spark out from my clacking jaws. Who's there, who is it, uh, stopping for a visit? Is that you, Santa Claus? Are you bringing a present for me? Something pleasantly pleasant for me That is just what I've been waiting for Would you mind slipping it under the dough? Old winds are howling Or could that be growling? My legs feel like stars Yeah, my, my, oh me, my Kindly will you reply Is that you, Santa Claus? Santa Claus, is that you on the line? Are you really here, Santa Claus? Oh, oh, oh. Well, that's me, Jimmy. This is Santa Claus. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> you know, I it never gets old. It is always such a treat to have you, Chris Kringle, the one and only Santa Claus, on the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Merry Christmas! Oh, no, Merry Christmas to you. I hear that uh, 365 days a year. <laughs> I never get tired of it. I oh, wouldn't expect you it to. Buddy? You know, I'm doing great. I just had a phenomenal conversation with the Reverend Jimmy Bratchett. Now, he spells his name a little oddly with an I-E instead of a Y. I mean, I don't know why somebody would do that, but... He does it anyway, but that's neither here nor there. It was a great time. I've been listening to him for years, and now I'm talking to Santa, so I can't get any. It can't get any better than this. Well, you well now. Have you been a good boy this year? Well, you're the judge of that, Santa. I hope I'm on the nice list. Oh well, you know I, I really don't pay much attention to that anymore. I'm really busy. I I got people for that. Uh, I had some of our three letter agencies look into it for you. You know the DOJ. Uh, NSA, CIA, FBI, some of those folks, they Oof. looked into you. <laughs> okay, that that actually has me a little bit concerned. Can I just verify that I'm on the nice list now? Because what we're learning right now with the FBI, et cetera, ain't very encouraging. Well, uh, I'm just pulling your leg, Jimmy. That was a little Christmas Santa humor. <laughs> oh, You're on the good. nice list. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't throw you under the... Uh, the, the big, uh, you know, the big blue bus. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, so it's just, it, it's really something on this Christmas Eve, you know, Santa. It's sort of like a rabbi, a reverend, and a Santa Claus walk into a radio station. <laughs> What's the punchline? And and they all live happily ever after. Well, <laughs> that's a great, that's a woke joke. <laughs> oh, yes. hey, uh, hey, hey, uh, hey, Jimmy, before we get into the interview here uh, can you help me understand something i mean everybody's talking about how woke everybody is 
you know the magic only works if you're asleep. I mean, I, how am I supposed to deliver presents if everybody's woke? Well, Santa, I don't think that means woke as in you're awake. It's a little bit different from that in that it's sort of this political mindset. You're very politically correct. You're super progressive. That's what it means. It's very oh. different from being awake. Oh, oh. Oh, the Gr- oh, okay. The Grinch wrote me this poem here. I'm, I'm supposed to share it with you. Now I understand it. Okay, it goes, uh, Every woke down in Wokeville hated Christmas a lot. The red pills outside Wokeville, however, did not. The woke hated Christmas. Their reasons thus so. We can't protest Christmas when it's cold in the snow. We have to stay inside and warm and bitter, and to share the outrage against Elon and Twitter. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I think that's that's a great poem, and the Grinch must be pretty pleased about that. I think Dr. Seuss is smiling. Well, I, yeah, he's, he's eternally on the nice list, isn't he? <laughs> oh, well, I, I, uh, I'm amazed at how much the world has changed, Jimmy. I can tell you, it continues to change. Uh, when I travel around the world, just uh, day to day, it, it's getting different. Uh, for example, uh, in the North Pole, we now we now uh, we practice uh, die at every opportunity. You know, die. Yeah, you know, uh, diversity. Uh, inclusion and equity. No, 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 no. That's D-E-I, diversity, equity, and inclusion, Santa. But anyway, the big reason that we have you on this morning is because there's been talk about a big Polar Express strike that's supposed to happen in the lead-up to Christmas Eve. And I'm not sure we'll find out what ended up happening if the strike is on and Christmas is spoiled this year or if, if the presents will come on time. But this week I caught up with a couple of the leaders of this would-be strike in the various unions, and I want to just share a little bit of what they had to say Starting with the conductor himself of the Polar Express, Mr. Tom Foolery. All aboard! Oh, oh, come on! Oh, it's Jimmy Sangenberger! How you doing, little guy? I haven't seen you since you got on the Polar Express. Oh, those many years ago. Still a believer, I see. Ho, ho, ho! Yes, yes, indeed. So please tell me a little bit about the possible strike from the Polar Express. Oh, it's it's all about the horrible conditions. We 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 wanted to go out. Well, first of all, I'm sick of being called Bipolar Express all over social media. OK, that's really getting old. I, I'm like, come on, come up with something better. And and and, and all the jokes uh you know, something about snowmen and snow women. I, 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 listen, we're not putting a third bathroom on the Polar Express, okay? You, you, there is a difference between snowmen and snow women, Jimmy. It's snowballs. Ha! So we, we, we would have to have the hot chocolate station in order to add a third bathroom. We're not going to go through all of that. So the conditions are far from ideal, but they're getting better. Mm. 
Uh, thank you, Tom Foolery. Let's go now to the uh, conversation I had this week with Jolly Jinglehoffa. He is from Toymakers Local 12. Hey, hey, Jimmy. Hey, uh, how you doing, huh? Good, good, good. Tell me about Toymakers Local 12. Who do you represent? Oh, uh, well, you know, obviously the toy makers, the package wrappers, package handlers, the ribbon makers, the ribbon wrappers, uh, uh, the cookie sprinklers, and even the reindeer pooper scoopers. All the reindeer babies all ready to, to go out on sympathy strike in solidarity with our brother elves who keep the Polar Express on time and on budget. So what are your big complaints? Why are you looking at a sympathy strike with the Polar Express Union? Well, you know, it's all about the money. I mean, really, at the end of the day, and conditions and days off. You know, we'd like to get paid for days off. So, but, uh, uh, you know, so we're going to go out. Uh, I mean, I mean, our reindeer have to take up sponsors now. We got we got Rudolph doing Rudolph the Red Bull reindeer, and he, he doesn't even want to hook up the other sled. <laughs> he doesn't even want to hook up the other reindeer to the sled, you know, and uh well, well, what about the, what about the harness makers and everything for the what about the reindeer handlers and and the uh, they got we got to keep them all in work you know I I don't even know uh, what you're going through myself but I I definitely feel for you we will see what happens with the strike now let's go back live here with Santa Claus on the Jimmy Sangenberger show once again those conversations were recorded earlier this week now Santa I understand you have breaking news to bring us on the show right now regarding the would-be strike of the Polar Express Union alongside the sympathy strike of Toymakers Local 12 oh yeah Jimmy yeah I, I have some news for you well what's the good news I hope it's good. We have ordered the strike on Christmas. <laughs> the Polar Express is running on time, and all the presents will be delivered to all the children right on schedule. Uh, <laughs> that is amazing, Santa. How'd that come about? Well, we were sort of at a standstill in the negotiations, so they all decided they had to bring in the cooler. Yeah. He's the one Elon Musk consults. Uh, he, he consults him on every every tweet. He partnered with him on his Twitter takeover. He, he was brought in to fire employees at Twitter, and he's good friends with the three Weisenheimermen. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, hey, you know, Jimmy, if I say anything bad about him, he'll cut off North Starlink. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like you're kind of scared of this guy. What's his name? Well, let's just say I'm cautious around him, okay? He's got power. He knows people. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not scared. You know, I, I, I hopefully respect. It's, uh, well, it's, it's, it's Stanley Twinkleflake, our head elf. He's right here, actually. Well, well let's, let's, let's put him on the phone. Stanley Twinkleflake, welcome to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Merry Christmas, Jimmy! Merry Christmas to you, too. Well, Stanley, I don't know if I should be proud of you for this or, or terrified of you for getting it done. Well, a uh, little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, if you know what I mean. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I can definitely make some things happen. I can definitely make things because some, some things happen. So They're in, in the shadows. I, mean, I, I do know people. I it, do know people. In that regard, then, tell me a little bit about the deal that averted the polar elf strike. 
Well, we, we, we obviously had our list of demands, and, and most of them were met. And, and, and as with any uh, negotiation, we had to give a little, and we had to take a little. Thus, the economy and column B. So, um, the, the good news, Christmas will come on time. And, uh, the, you know, the elves wanted to unionize the island of misfit toys. But uh, we agreed to, to hold off on the forming of the union of misfit toys for now. Uh, and we're giving them therapy animals and a quiet room and a safe space and, and an espresso machine. So, <laughs> all that's going to help. Let's go. Um, also, we got a living sugar wage of 20 cookies an hour for the railroad elves who operate the Polar Express. And, um, oh, and, and, and as a bonus, they kind of threw in three hot chocolate breaks a day for every elf. And, of course, uh, Santa finally provided everyone with universal basic elf care. So I have to run to a break. We are about to be cut off by the computer. We'll pick up the conversation with Santa on the other side, but I just want to ask real, real quickly. I thought elves didn't get sick. Aren't you mythical creatures? Well, yeah, but we're we're just really sick of working uh, 365 days a year. I can understand that. Well, stay tuned. Thank you, Stanley Twinkleflake, for joining us. We'll finish up our conversation with Santa Claus on the other side at the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710-KNUS. All right, we are tight on time here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Next hour, Rashini Rajkumar joins me, but we'll also have an open segment for you to call in at 303-696-1971. Merry Christmas, one and all. We're back with Santa Claus. Santa, congratulations on averting the big polar elf strike. Oh, isn't that great news? Christmas on time for all the good boys and girls around the world. (laughs) Is there anything more that you would like to add? Oh, uh, just a heads up, follow the Biden administration wanted to turn the Polar Express into the Solar Express as part of the latest trade talks with the North Pole. I told him it wasn't going to happen. All the coal shovelers have mouths to feed, after all. <laughs> I thought it already ran on Christmas spirit. Oh, well, that's how my sleigh flies. But, uh, you know, the Polar Express is pure, 100% good old fossil fuel. <laughs> so, oh, hey, hey, one yes. more, one more thing. One more thing. Oh, I'm going to fly over Colorado about uh, 2 a.m. Don't leave any of those green Colorado Christmas cookies, if you know what I mean. I just wanted to eat all the cookies, drink all the milk, and take a nap by the fire. (laughs) Oh, the Christmas Story Marathon helped put me to sleep every time. That Ralphie! (laughs) Santa Claus, my friend, thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all! And to all a good night! Thank you. Once again, Santa Claus joining us. You're listening to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Another hour up ahead. We're just having fun. Merry Christmas. What a beautiful sight. So jump in bed and cover your head because Santa Claus comes tonight. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.